G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser known players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How are you going mate? Good evening Hef Hola, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Did you enjoy your long weekend mate? Uh, yeah, very enjoyable. Had a hit of golf. Oh really? Uh, Up at Mount Osmond? Up at Mount Osmond. Greatest golf course in the land? Uh, pretty close, pretty yep. close. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I can't remember. I Took it pretty easy Sunday. Yep. Just bits and pieces. Oh, cool. Couldn't find a new car to buy, actually. So. Oh, really? Yeah, my car's on its last legs. You've had a few cars in your time. I reckon you seem to chop and change a bit more than I do. Uh, no, I wish I didn't have to. It's just I yeah. have to keep buying lemons. Ah, well, you got to stop buying lemons, mate. Yeah, stop buying Ford Focuses. They're no good. Yeah, I had a good weekend, if you're wondering. You didn't really ask. I was about but, to uh, ask. Yeah, yeah. No, no um, didn't really do much. Caught up with some uh, mates on Friday night, uh, and then I just drank a heap of Remedy Kombucha. At home on Saturday, and then I did a bit of cooking on Sunday and Monday, and yeah, good now, times. Uh, how'd your week end start? Because um, Port basically snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. <laughs> I don't know if you could really call it that. Uh, I don't know. I had an uneasy feeling about the uh, the whole game, but look, you know, we haven't really beaten a top eight side all year, have we? Uh, no. Richmond in it? No, they're not in the top eight anymore. So um, same old, same old. So we'll. Probably, but we'll probably finish okay because we smash all the bottom teams and we'll extend Ken Hinckley for 15 years, so he'd be fine. Ah, it's good to have the old half back. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe nothing, it in, listeners. Nothing's changed. We finished, old finished top last year, but, you know, uh, shortened game and half the Melbourne teams didn't actually want to play football last year, but it makes Port look a little bit better and look, makes Ken look a little bit better, but and I will extend him for another 15 and it'll be fine. Um, anyway... How long has he even been around for? It's not 15, it's what, 8 or 9, something like that. 2013 he came in, so Do you know the best years. thing about that game is that... Um, Kane Conza's sister was on perfect pair. Yeah, I was, oh yeah, well, you were at that game as well, <laughs> yeah. weren't you? Yeah, so that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, they said yes. If for anyone who hasn't been to a port game before, they have the perfect pair, and uh, it's, it's so like good. a dating show. It's pretty awkward, but uh, they have two uh, supporters in like a, a box with a camera on them the whole time. Yeah, yeah it's quite awkward, but no, it's, it's so fun. good. Yeah, everyone loves it. <laughs> so, no, they do a good job. Anyway, uh, let's talk about actually some fantasy. Now, during the week, we talked about last week, we complained a lot about buy rounds mm-hmm. and uh, how much they suck. And, mm-hmm. um, and either you play and you have a shit team or you yeah. don't play and you're bored because you're not actually playing fantasy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of listeners have actually contacted me during the week mm-hmm. and said, why don't you guys just play less players on field? And to be honest, I didn't even think of this because like, I know that you can't change the amount of players that you have in your sides, in your squads on ultimate footy, but then they were just like, well, why don't you just put less people on the ground so you only field 14 or something like that? And I thought that was a pretty good idea. I know you're not a big fan of it because uh, you can't. You just want to be able to play your best team and yeah. you don't want to leave it down to luck, which, yeah, I understand. I do understand that. We had a bit of an argument on the, about that on the uh, on the WaveWire podcast, but I actually, I, the more I've thought about it, I do get your point of view. But it, I still think it's probably better to do that and have it a little bit more even than not playing at all. Keeper legs are a long-term game. You shouldn't have to try and plan or rely on three weeks of luck because a draw or fixture doesn't go your way. Yeah, it's not – like from for like experience of the last year, I think I've won both our buy-around games so far in the podcasters league. But like last week in my Port Adelaide – with my Port Adelaide mates, the guys I go to the footy with, um, I lost last week – pretty closely and this week I absolutely flogged the other guy and I think it's it's a bit of an evener upper because like I probably would have won all three going through because my team is sitting top but um, yeah I, I don't mind it because it gives a few people a bit of a chance and it, it allows us to play each other twice as well so yeah it depends on what, what you're after and I just I guess you got to talk to your league and see what they'd prefer to do I'm in the camp that I'd prefer to play through buys and not play through uh, buy rounds so if you could reduce people on field that's great mm. you're of the opinion that you'd rather just field your best teams every week and not play through buys right? yeah well on the weekend I fielded a team of 18 and I was stoked I was like oh I'm going to be a chance to win a game this week I literally came up with a team who apart from injury injured guys so he's got like Fife and Zach Butters and stuff who weren't going to play anyway right he was really only missing Tom Liberatore and Mitch Robinson from his best team so they so it. he was, yeah, I lost by like 200 points. Yeah, I get that. But it's just, that's what happens in the buy runs. But anyway, we'll move on. We'll talk about this all day. It sucks. <laughs> anyway, you know what doesn't suck? Remedy Kombucha, all right? No, A Remedy delicious. Kombucha is the greatest drink in the world. And if you don't drink Remedy Kombucha, you are lame. So, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Sorry, that's a South Park, no, uh, South Park quote. That's uh, not a it's real thing. Head. Not a real thing case, yeah. Anyway, uh, Remedy Kombucha, if you want to get your hands on some, head to remedydrinks.com slash au slash shop and you 
use the coupon KEEPER20 at checkout. Score yourself 20% off and free shipping and have some Remedy Kombucha rock up to your door. So good. Um, like I have at my house where I have, uh, what's that, quick maths, uh, 6, 12, 13 cases still sitting there. So, um, But I'm definitely going to get through by the end of the season. Richest but, uh, man in Australia. It's a lot, of, a lot of money worth of kombucha there. Um, hopefully no one finds out where I live and robs me. Of my kombucha. <laughs> the houses in this street, I don't think they'll be chunting kombucha. I think they might want something a bit harder than <laughs> yeah, some- True. This area, um, I don't think they'll be taking the kombucha, that's for no. sure. Uh, anyway, so I did uh, I did um, say that uh, – oh, sorry, we'll move on to the, uh, the Zambrero mm. um, sponsorship, I guess, and yes. uh, they're looking after our listeners by giving away two free burritos each week. I have been bringing back the handwritten notes, so this week's uh, winner is going to get a handwritten note. The note from last week did make its way to Twitter, which I was hoping it wouldn't, but uh, that's right. So rude. That's supposed to be a secret between me and the winner, okay? You broke the Look, trust tree last week. It just week, shows winner. that people like me more than you. I think that's what it all means. <laughs> I don't think anyone rebutted that uh, fact. <laughs> but anyway, um, we'll announce this week's winner. So uh, thank you to Jared Buskell from Yanchip in WA. Now, Kay, have you stalked this week's listener? Of course I have. Where's Yanchip in WA? Just north of Perth. Okay, what are their landmarks? What's uh, uh, there's a cave. Place? A cave? Yeah. Really? It's in, a small, in Perth? It's a small crayfishing settlement. Ah, okay. Mm. Cool. So I do Yanchip like crayfish. Crystal Cave. Looks like a Place worth checking out. How far out of Perth, roughly? Oh, looks like about maybe 45 minutes an hour. Okay. It's probably about, looks about half an hour north of Joondalup, so. All right. Well, if there's any Definitely other listeners gettable. from there, uh, mm. let us know whether it's worth visiting. Um, if it's a crayfish town. Sounds like it's, yeah, I you love caves. Crayfish. I love crayfish, so, you know, we're all into our own things here, but that's okay. Uh, if you want to win a couple burritos for you and a mate, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au slash Zambrero to sign up and yeah you could be the lucky winner of two burrito vouchers and a lovely handwritten note from yours truly now um we were texting before the thursday night game um the port game oh yeah that's i was right. going in from work and i said hey if i'm gonna go get a churdo from yep. uh zambros on uh Hindley street basically we'll call it there in, in adelaide yep get one for the walk into the game i forgot i was supposed to meet up with you yeah that's so right. uh <laughs> case was the one who went in but, but unfortunately it's before a big AFL game, it's not the best time to uh, ask for a really um, elaborate, specific order. Yeah, elaborate. So, um, he still didn't do it. No, I tried to. Because oh. so, part of the chodo is black rice. Yep. And the girl asked me behind the counter, do you want white or black rice? And I said, black rice. And unfortunately, I got white rice. Oh, so, so did I, but did you get the crushed up corn chips in it? No, because that was like really elaborate. See, you yeah. still chickened out. I'm sorry. Yeah, but she already ruined it by not putting the black oh, rice in don't it. Don't worry. I chicken out every time. Like I hate kind of ordering extra things and making, a, yeah. you know, um, hospitality stuff job harder. I need, so. Yeah, I need, to get, I need to get to like the semaphore one. It's a nice quiet night. Yeah. And just go and get a Blair Apple drive through, mate. There's no one ever there. It's great. Can anyway. you get on like Uber Eats or something like that? Yeah, you can. Actually, oh, I don't know if you can add like crushed up corn chips though mm, to an order. That must be like a, a real walk-in special. Yeah, it is. Anyway, we need yeah. to get stuck anyway, in this. Anyway, so. my burrito was delicious when I was walking over the bridge, walking next to the original DOS too, uh, not your fake new friend DOS. Oh, okay. The original DOS. Yeah, I know and, the original uh, DOS. He was very jealous of my, um, my burrito. Okay, well, enter the competition and you could win your own. All right, moving into the round rewind, the segment where we recap all of the rounds games and try to find you the Keeper League relevant players from all of those games. So uh, generally they're the players that aren't uh, averaging more than 80 points per game or you know, have been a, a decent fantasy scorer in years prior that are still trying to work their way into 2G4P status, which is uh, too good for the podcast status for those who are new to the podcast. So anyway, uh, Kays and I were both at this game, saw it mm. in the flesh. Uh, another Port Adelaide capitulation um, in front of a top eight side. But uh, we'll talk about the Port Adelaide. I thought you were going to win when you, you kick those first two goals. Oh, early in, in the, the game f- with Connor Rosie was just going oh, off. Oh, no, that. But then in the first, you kick the first oh, two of the, the last quarter. quarter and yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, they're going to run away with it here. Uh, they're, just, they're just too mature and, you know, Geelong are just a far better outfit than we are right now. We were also right behind the uh, Kane Farrell goal, which was pretty sick. Oh, were you? Well, one of his it, three touches, you caught one of them. Yeah, but yeah, it cool. actually, but you should have seen it. It was like going in, and then it was out. It was like yeah, a, it I've was seen like, the replay. Yeah. It was like the flipper from Cracker Jack. Yeah, it was a lot of people good. were raving about it the following day. Um, anyway, we uh, just spoke about Connor Rosie, so we start off with him. Uh, Nine out points, and he was on fire early. Mm-hmm. Um, he kicked four goals before quarter time. Then Geelong kind of put the clamps down on him. Um, kicked five for the match, but I can only manage 
98 points on the back of that. So, mm. I don't know. I'm still not convinced and I'm sure many of our listeners aren't either. One thing I will say is just he needs to back this up this week. All right. So, he always shows glimpses, but he's never consistent. So, if he backs it up, I might change my opinion of him, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, yeah. If you're kicking four goals as that kind of a player and still not turning up, that's a bit of a worry for me. Like, I, I think he's an absolute jet, like real life, sure, whatever. But like- the other thing is he's, he's, he's not like he's got any bigger and he's not like – it doesn't look like he's going to be a guy that's going to go into the midfield, you know, like the the centre bounce kind of midfield. He's that half forward flanker, you know, um, exuberant goal kick kind of player. And, yeah, I think I think you need to score more than that. Uh, after he kicked his fourth, um, someone in the crowd, ironically, yelled out uh, – Kane Corns was right. Sam Walsh is rubbish. <laughs> After he kicked his fourth, which is uh, the whole kind of section chuckled over that one. So that was funny. That's good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Charlie Dixon kicked four goals. Um, so he's just in good form at the moment. He had 98 in round 11 and then 81 points this week. So um, good to see him just take some marks and kick some goals against a good opponent for once. He usually only beats up on the uh, on the smaller opponents. So mm. for me, he's just a good loophole option. I would never be that game to start him on the field, not this season, but if you can get on the end of a few, clunk a few, and from memory, it goes okay against uh, Gold Coast as well. So, um, yeah, don't mind him this weekend. Uh, Jeremy Cameron had 105 points, and he was just on fire. So this is the best game we've seen from him in a while. Um, he kicked five straight, and his average is now up to 71. So I'm just hoping this is kind of the catalyst that could bring some consistent for him, scoring for him. So you know, like he was injured for the first bit of the season, and you're always going to be a bit up and down when you come back. But he's a guy that we've seen who can average 90 plus before in the past. So hopefully this kind of kicks him into gear. I think as he comes into finals, I think that he will be an absolute weapon going forward. What do you think? Ah, uh, yeah, L- watching. Him- him live, like his running ability is ridiculous. Yeah. Like uh, I assume Alira is pretty fit and he's had a pretty good year, but he was like putting 10 meters on Alira at all times, you know, when they obviously they push up the ground and he sprints back kind of thing. Like Cameron had him on toast a heap of the time. Um, so if that's how fit he is currently after coming off a, an early season injury, I think he is going to be absolutely primed to, to score big. Um, yeah, for sure. This season. Yeah, for sure. All right, we'll move on to. Sorry, there wasn't too many uh, non 2G 4P players to actually talk about. Most of the Port Adelaide players are rubbish. I think there was a few players that had under five disposals for the game. So, Kane. Um, Farrell. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Corns. No. <laughs> he, did. he definitely did. Uh, I think Bonner was pretty low as well. There's another one There's that was pretty crap. There's a few guys out of form. Yeah. Um, says, oh, they've, been, they've never really had form, I don't think, any of them. But anyway, um, let's move on to Sydney versus Hawthorne before I start crying into the microphone. Uh, Dane Rampey had 109 points. Um, Look, Friday night, the Swans were a lot of – there was a lot of heat in their back line and I think that played nicely into Rampy's scoring um, kind of ability there. He had a lot of back handballs, a lot of quick kicks, chips going around that Sydney back line. So, look, 29 touches and nine marks. It was genuine uh, Jake Lloyd numbers for Dane. Look, he's uh, averaging 73 for the year and 79 in his last five games. So, playing super solidly. And I think that the way that Sydney kind of move around their back line, especially when they're playing a better side, I think um, – Rampy might be a, a decent scorer each game. So if you want someone who is a great loophole option or a great depth, you know, bench cover, you know, D5, whatever, uh, Rampy hasn't gone under 60 in his last seven games. And I think that's a nice little um, stat for that, you know, D5 or bench cover. If you can get someone who just doesn't bottom out and uh, can occasionally nudge a ton, uh, he's going very nicely for you this year. Uh, Joel Amity, Amadi, I don't know how you want to say it, but he was bloody good, 92 points. Just want to know where they've been hiding him. You know, they've been playing guys like Hayden McLean, been, you know, re-giving uh, Callum Sinclair games. But, yeah, Amadi looked really, really good on Friday and his size, just something a bit different. So, can do it all from the looks as well. 12 touches, four marks, eight hitouts, seven tackles and two goals won. For me, I reckon he's got to stay in that Sydney side and, and needs to be that second ruck. So whether he's backing up either Hickey or, or Sinclair, if um, he ever comes into that side, they just need someone of his size um, and ability. Look, ruck forward status, 47% owned. So not the craziest waiver wire pickup either, especially if he can get on the end of a few goals each game. Um, I like him, especially now that uh, unfortunately um, – What's his name? He's done his ACL again, was it? Naismith? Oh, yep. Right so, me. you know, they're going to have to start putting time into someone a bit younger and Marty might be that guy. Yeah, I actually wish I saw him play on Friday night. You know, I was out with a mate on Friday who specifically organised for us to go to the highway in Adelaide, so a pub kind of down 
kind of south way, um, very far from here. And the, for the specific reason was it would be a great place, a great pub to watch the footy, which mm-hmm. it is. It's got a big screen and a big outdoor like kind of beer garden where you can yep. watch footy. But he picked the one place at the whole pub where you couldn't actually see the screen to actually have a seated for dinner and that sort of <laughs> stuff as well. So I didn't actually get to watch a second of it but because, yeah, no one else was really that keen to watch it. So I couldn't really just leave everyone. Look, to be honest, he probably didn't lose a lot. It wasn't the greatest just, spectacle of all time. I was just keen to see how Armadi went and by the looks of it, he was actually a decent- uh, Very good. Put up a decent um, score. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, Justin McInerney had 61 points. Uh, I actually think he's building quite nicely. He's into his third year, which we do know is the breakout season. Uh, and Horse now has him running off the halfback flank, which I think is very good for him. He's a good size, gives nice run and carry as well. He had 19 touches, um, but only equated to a 61, which is a bit worrying. So he just needs to get some of those uh, slutty marks back there. So he needs to learn something from uh, Jake Lloyd. I haven't. I'm actually shocked he hasn't been given back status so far. I reckon if there's one more back, you know, uh, DPP role coming in by the end of the season, I reckon he'll be the one. Um, I'm not sure he's going to go the full third year breakout, the full big Kahuna. But uh, look, he's showing signs of having a nicely cemented halfback flank spot and 39% owned and averaging 69 in his last five. I reckon he's definitely worth a, a pick, especially if he can grab that back status at some stage this year. Yeah, expe- yeah, especially because I mean, his last year he was. Kind kind of playing more up on the wing. Mm. Um, but, you know, you see these wings that can actually translate into a halfback role and score sometimes even better than they can off the, mm. off the, uh, off the you know, the midfield line. So, he's a player that I've always liked the look of. So, if he does get that back status, he's definitely going to be a genuine option for next year in your drafts. Uh, Jono Segler, 111. Everyone was asking Ned who on Friday night because uh, Ned Reeves may have been the late out, but he is surely gone and forgotten after big Segs' game. Uh, look, he was dominant in the ruck, 35 hit outs, along with 20 touches, four tackles and a snag. I will say that I thought Tom Hickey looked a little bit cooked and spent on Friday night and uh, Big Boy and Segs just uh, ran him rugged uh, during the game. I suppose the big question is for Johnny Segler is does he keep his spot? Um, you know, they have been um, playing Reeves, who's actually been pretty good and uh, will obviously be the future because Segler's 30 and Big Boy's uh, 30-odd as well. So they need to kind of start blooding at the next, um, you know, ruck for their side. But off that performance, it's going to be hard to see Johnny Segler actually out the side because, um, yeah, the game that he played on Friday night was very good. 37% owned as well in Ultimate Footy. So if you do need, um, you know, someone who can come in, ruck forward status in your side and you are kind of looking to, to push to finals, if he can hold his spot, he's going to be a very handy pickup for you, I think. Just with, um, I guess, the whole Reeves situation. So, you would have noticed a lot of noise, I guess, on the Twitter sphere and the, the classic crowd because they <sighs> wanted Reeves to come in because he's a cheap cash option. But that, that doesn't mean he's still not a good option in keep leagues. No. So, like, Segler, we've seen him put up some pretty rank scoring in the past. So, let's just not get too excited on Segler in this game. I know that you're not advocating for that, but I guess a lot of people will be seeing him on waiver wires and stuff like that and be jumping on. Yeah. Long term, well, Segler is 30. We've yeah. kind of talked about that on the yeah. waiver wire pod as well. So, long term, Reeves is still going to be your man. So, don't stress out too much. He's definitely not a long term option, but what it was, he was definitely number one ruck. Like, it wasn't Big yeah. Boy and, you know, Segler playing up forward. It was definitely Seg. So, if you, um, if you own Big Boy, then you probably want to get Segler in as well, just in case he does come out or has a rest or mm. a few things like that. You're probably going to want him as a handcuff for sure. Uh, Jai Newcomb had 87 points. The Duke. Duke Newcomb. Is that what they're calling him? Duke Newcomb, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. You're, on the, you're on the fantasy Twitters. That's man. a video game, isn't it? Duke Newcomb. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Yeah. Sorry. That's a funny nickname. Sorry. That's what I Can you, that's had to explain I that to you. Do you want to explain more about jokes to you? Uh, yeah, because <laughs> most of them go in my head because they're all South Park related. Um, but look, he's the plus four king. Most tackles ever on debut with 14. Uh, he really did not look out of place whatsoever in the big league. Um, really good size. Obviously not afraid of the hard stuff. He probably should have even slotted that snag from 52, rushed it a bit. Um, which you can give him for in his first game. But look, he started in the mid, um, probably gives him that hardness and grunt that they need in there. Kind of he can uh, do some of the the non-pretty stuff. So at least you can get Mitchell and those guys on the outer. Very bad news for James Cousins owners, I will say that, because uh, he's just playing his role and better. Look, I reckon he's surely going to be snapped off of the waiver wire a lot. Hang on, 42% owned already. Yeah. So um, A lot of hype about him. Like, There's yeah. a lot of questions coming through. On our Twitter as well in the in the DMs. Yeah, so. he looks the goods. He does look the goods. Um, yeah, look, he didn't get a heap of touches, but uh, look, 
when you're laying 14, 14 tackles, you know, you're ready. He's not going to play. He's not going to lay 14 tackles every week. So I, understand. I, am, I am still a little bit concerned about if you oh. can't rack up big disposal numbers, but we saw him actually average 104 or whatever in the VFL. So there is, there is pedigree there. First AFL game. Yeah. You're not going to, you know, he's not going to, and he's still only young. Like he's still only an 18 year old kid. So like, yeah. it's not like he's 20, 21 and is a bit more built. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if he can average, you know, high 60 something for us this year, I reckon it's, uh, it's a winner for him. Uh, my page is just gone. Dylan Moore is the next one. 75 points from him. Really do like Dylan Moore. You always know what you're going to get from him from a footy perspective. Goes in really hard. Great crummer and knows where the big sticks are. He's actually starting to put some good uh, fantasy football together too. So uh, five of his last six games, he's had 16 plus touches and kicked the goal in five of his last six games. So getting some footy and, and finding the big sticks. Um, said it before, that small forward role at Hawthorne is a bit risky, but he's been minor consistent um, in the face of adversity. He's averaging 81 in his last five. And if you're talking about guys who have your, um, what's it called? Fantasy thirst or whatever you guys call Observable it. thirst. Observable thirst. Dylan Moore has that. He just wants to be near the footy um, and getting around it. So I like him. Uh, he could be one for, you know, the future because potentially a guy you could roll through the middle a bit more. He's got that nuggety size. Um, could probably find a clearance or two as well. So uh, don't mind Dylan Moore at all um, for this season or longer term. Now, okay, as a player that's on my bus is mm. Will Day. Yes. Finally made his return after injuring his ankle in about round three, I think it was. Yep. How did he go? Well, he scored 39 half, so you should probably trade him to me. Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, first we- first up, sorry, after a 10-week spell, I almost find it crazy that the Hawks played him considering that they've actually got a you know half-decent defensive line with, um, you know, Scrimshaw, CJ, those kind of guys. But uh, got him right back in there. Just looked a bit bit off the pace and you know needed like he needed the run so give him a couple of weeks to find some fitness like if you own him if you're starting him you know in a couple of weeks time he might almost want to loophole him first you know a uh, couple of weeks time Mate, that would imply i have players on my bench to that is with. true <laughs> the issues i have in buy rounds you have every week of the year exactly. so uh yeah if you are genuinely having a crack just uh maybe you know start him on your bench um over the next couple of weeks just until he gets that um you know Touchback, but yeah, I wouldn't be trading him after one bad game. He's still going to be very good. He just needs, just needed the run. If you are trading him after that game, you are a nuffy. I'm probably going to help you. Exactly. Listen to us. Exactly. Don't trade him. He's the greatest player ever. Early Not days. True. Early days, Not but true. you might get that. At all. Uh, Fremantle Gold Coast was the next game. James Aish had 114. Uh, look, the ball just spent an eternity in the Gold Coast half forward line, and that's not being good for um, Gold Coast at all. They just didn't capitalise. Actually, both teams didn't capitalise at all. They, um, yeah, were a bit of a mishmash up forward. But uh, look, both half-back lines got plenty of touches. Aish spent that uh, game back there, 31 touches and certain marks. Um, I think he basically went back there because Nathan Wilson was out for the week after punching that guy in the balls. <laughs> um, but look, Aish has been as solid as a rock this year, 82 average in his last five games. How old's James Ace, do you reckon, Hef? Uh, 20, is he 25? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. He's kind of feeling like he's been around forever because he's been to three, three clubs, clubs now yeah. and like had been to hyped up. But look, he's just solid. Um, was he a first round draft pick? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Brisbane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam's like he's been around forever, but he's kind of really starting to put together some really consistent footy. So, um, not a potentially a keeper, but one you could take pretty early in most drafts and you know what you're going to get from him. For sure. Darcy Tucker had 111 points and a new role for him on the halfback line. Saw him play a bit last week, but he was well and truly entrenched in the halfback line on the weekend. Had 25 touches and 14 marks. Had that really nice halfback slutty type game too, which we do like. So good thing about Tucker is he's always been a solid scorer. Um, and if this is his long-term play, and that's what Justin Longmire is going to do with him, he's more than- Longmuir. Longmuir, sorry. Sorry. If this is- I've lost my train. Anyway. Sorry, we, no, it's not even me. Like I say it too, but Long pe- Muir. people pull us up on it. Yeah. Justin Longmuir. Yeah. Uh, look, but Taka is 62% owned. And if he's going to stay on the halfback line, um, he's definitely worth a look there. And if he could get back status by the end of the year, boy, boy, look out. The big question is, and what's going to make the difference is, will they continue with Sarong <laughs> as the tagger? Because we've seen Tucker be a tagger in the past. Uh, obviously, they're trying Sarong in there at the moment. It didn't go to plan at all. Uh, Sarong playing on Took Miller. Took Miller had like 32 touches um, on the weekend. So 
if he goes back into the middle, Tucker, it's going to be hard to see that he continues this kind of scoring. But on the halfback line at Frio, could very well be. Was he tagging the whole game or did he drop off? Because that seems a bit ridiculous. That- well, he had no. Well, he definitely at least started. I don't really like to watch taggers. Go yeah, yeah. It, I, like I think it. it I think the it first dropped quarter, off, but yeah. Miller had eight in the first quarter yeah, anyway. Yeah. So maybe they just kind of cut their losses there. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, regardless of that, Tucker, um, yeah, was on the halfback line and, and played it pretty well. Uh, Josh Tracy had eighty-one. The big Kahuna. They call him, I like to call him Cyclone Tracy, but whatever you want to call him, he's a ripper. Uh, genuine big presence, take a strong grab. He took seven, in fact. Kicked two goals, three, so it was a bit wavered, which was the story of the day. For any watch that game, a lot of missed shots. And uh, look, Freo have some very solid forwards. You've got Roy Lobb, Matty Tabernar, now Josh Tracy up there. I reckon he'll compliment them nicely. And the way that Freo is shaping their side up, they could be on the up. They've got... Uh, couple very nice big guys and uh, for one of those key forwards who could be a bit stashable I think Josh Tracy fits Josh, uh, Josh Tracy fits that mould like all the Freo players though you're gonna have to wait a bit that's the yeah. thing yeah like Freo do have the makings of a good side but it's still probably two three years away from contending yeah unfortunately that's yeah. true uh, Brett Bewley's the other one I thought I'd touch on he had 69 points He's basically missed a whole year of footy uh, with OP. Uh, Long Muir spoke about how much he rates him uh, before the game. And look, he slotted in nicely back on his wing, had 16 touches and five tackles, kind of averaging high 60s um, in the BCV ranks before injury last year. He's only 25% owned too. Um, and with the centre forward DPP, he's actually well worth a look because, um, you know, the wingers can score right on their day. And um, yeah, I think he's definitely in their, their best 22, the way that the coach is talking about him. On to the Gold Coast, Will Powell had 91 points. He just got so much ball across halfback. Uh, 26 touches, 20 of them were kicks. Love that ratio. Uh, also had seven marks. So he got a lot more of the ball than someone like Jack Bowes and looked really nice back there too. He's actually low key putting in a pretty solid year together as well. Hef, he's Absolutely. only had one game under 50, uh, 72 average, third year breakout. He's a player I just wish I went earlier on in our draft because I think he was available, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. He's just solid. Yeah. It's just very, very solid. Just looks like a fantasy player. Indeed. Like he wouldn't be surprised if he takes it to a like a genuine premium, like a 100 averaging defender. Yeah, he could go, not about 100, but I reckon 90 plus is definitely in his you know, ballpark for sure. Uh, Chris Burgess had 64 points. Chrissy Burgess, as he, Doss likes to say. Does he? For some weird reason, he just always calls him Chrissy Burgess. The Pod Pod listeners will understand. And that's that. why you listen to the Keeper League and not the Pod Pod. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because we get all the names right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was a real danger up forward at times, and if he could kick straight, uh, it would have been a hell of a lot better for the Suns. Look, you've got... Zach Smith playing rock. Jared Witt's playing when he's fit. I think uh, Burgess has to be their kind of second stringer long term. Uh, he's a rock forward in my eyes. Takes a nice mark and covers the ground well. He's 25, so a bit of a mature age recruit, but could be a handy depth player um, for next season, especially especially if the, the Suns can kind of build and he actually gets a, a nice free running, you know, um, second ruck kind of role and and get some nice ball. He's he's not the worst option there. Yeah, he seems to be playing better as the genuine ruck forward, not the full time ruck. Full time yeah. ruck. He's a, he's actually getting the same amount of hitouts as the the ruck forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. just because he's not that pure that pure ruckman. Yeah. Uh, Matty Rao uh, returned with a forty eight. It was pretty quiet. Spent a lot of time in the forward line, and um, obviously that game wasn't the greatest place to be if you were in the Suns. Look, kind of like Will Day before, we'll be better for the run. So just um just hang tough. He's, um, yeah, needs a bit of match fitness, I think. No doubt that Matt Rowe is going to come and burst onto the scene in the later parts of this year. What was his time on ground, do you know? I've got actually, she got up here on the screen. Give me two seconds to find it. Matt Rowe was 73, so probably a bit under from what yeah. he was normally. Um, but, yeah, just give him time, I reckon. Well, we, all, we all know that. We don't have to tell yeah. anyone that. Yeah, but anyway. Don't uh, trade Matt Rowe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't do that. Uh, St. Kilda versus the Crows. Now, Case, I just need to clarify something here. Yeah. Um, Luke Dunstan, mm-hmm. is who is he 2G4P? Uh, because three I know, in a row. Well, he's had injury concerns and yes. he's not best 22 from time to time. But when he plays, he scores pretty well. He's like Alex Witherden, really. Like, he's, mm-hmm. are you going to yep. keep him because he's, he's scoring too well? I don't know. He's playing midfield with a bit of time at forward. That St. Kilda side's struggling, so hopefully he does hold his spot for a little while longer. But do you think we make him 2G? No, we surely we can't. Well, he's gone 140, 86, 111. Yep. And he's 91% owned now. Yeah, that's 2G, surely. 
Long pause, long silence. Case is thinking it. about it. Let's get rid of him. Yeah, two G. Luke Dunstan, two G, four P. Crazy. He was the highest averaging player last year as well. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit of asterisks about that one. But anyway, uh, Tom Highmore had 110 points. Uh, Crows are pretty wayward in their four line entries, especially early. Highmore was just mopping up the intercept mark. So he had 13 marks and he won't be doing that every week because Crows were just bombing it in there and he was just in the right place, right time, I feel. Hopefully it gives him some sort of confidence going forward though that he can actually perform well and hold his spot in the side because after that performance, he probably shouldn't be dropped even though Saints might swing the axe again. But uh, I don't think Tom Highmore is one that's going out. Uh, Jack Higgins had 103 points and he scored well again. Um, Everyone calling him Missy Higgins uh, last week fired him up, I think. So he kind of come back and had had another big game. Two tons in a row. Still didn't kick a goal and missed two. So I think the Missy Higgins uh, tag definitely still uh, remains. Um, But yeah, had 116 last week as well. So could he be finding some form case? Uh, It looks like it. Yeah. From the the glimpses I saw, I watched kind of the last quarter and a half of this game. And uh, yeah. He's solid. And he's not getting a stack in midfield time like everyone kind of wanted him to this year. Playing the half forward. Does push up the ground, though, and works hard. I don't know. Whatever he's doing is working for him at the moment. So, uh, he's definitely one to keep your eye on. Um, but, yeah, let's move on to another Jack, and that's Jack Sinclair. Uh, he had 98 points. Uh, continuing his halfback role, um, 15 kicks, 9 handballs. Pushed forward and kicked a goal, too. Um, he, from his last five, these are his scores. So, 98 89, 81, 101, and 61 before that from his last five. Mm-hmm. I don't like to kind of just go last four and highlight the good scores at the highlight. I like to. I know you do. I'm in marketing. I need I, to. I go yeah. last five or last three and, you know, blemishes and all what's in there. Um, last month. Last month of footy. <laughs> oh, I don't mind that, actually. I could I could get away with that from the last month. Yeah. yeah. I could say that. Anyway, um, see, that's, that's what the marketing is. It's how to polish it, you know, mm-hmm. how to make it look like exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, yeah, he's doing pretty well from his last five anyway, um, averaging 78 from his last five. So, he He's almost in... Oh, sorry, he's averaging 78 this season. So, that's almost 2G4P territory. If he has another big score next week, he's probably there, which is crazy to think about from where he started yep. um, this season. But anyway, uh, Dougal Howard at 94 points and playing on Phil Thorpe um, allowed him to just run off him a bit. 21 kicks, three handballs, um, great ratio. But uh, Phil Thorpe did kick the match winner though, so he probably should have been defending a bit better and not scoring so many fantasy points. But anyway, I still can't see Dougal Howard as more of a anything more than a loophole option, can you? Agreed. All right, cool. And I just want to say rest in peace to Nick Caulfield. Um, 16 points, five touches. 16 points? 16 points from five it, touches. Like, how much time on ground? Uh, I do have it here. I just got about to have it on my screen, but I, he, was, he was barely noticeable for the game. But I'm pretty sure he's on there. 86% time ground. So he was on there the whole time. But barely even noticed him. So, and look, Jack Bytel, the sub, came on and uh, I think it was in the second quarter and scored more than him. So he had a whole quarter less. Nick. Than, yeah. When did Jack Bytel come on? I can't remember. Nick. No, he played 38% time ground, so it was later on in the game. But yeah. I don't know what the hell's happened to him. Like, I think, is he playing more? I think he's playing a li- li- little bit more lockdown. So, who was he playing on the weekend? It should say here. Uh, I don't know if say he's on, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Jack Sinclair seems to have taken that role mm. across halfback um, and it's just making him locked down and yeah, it's just not working for him. So, he's on the, that's the kind of player that I'd want to keep for another year because, you know, he's got the talent, but, and, you know, with the, the state of my list, I might be keeping a very, very young squad next year, which he might make the cut in. But what yeah, if he it's gets like, bonus. say he gets dropped for the rest of the year? What do you do as a coach? I hold on because we only we only lodge our list until after the uh, the JLT series or the NAB series or Amy series or whatever it's mm. called now. I hold him until the very last three weeks of those, and hopefully he shows me something. <laughs> That's what I do. Crazy. And if not, then he goes. But uh, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate and a bit sad for Nick Caulfield owners. Um, but anyway, move on to the not a lot of crows to talk about. Most of my two G four P, which is absurd. But uh, Riley Philthorpe had sixty eight points, and there's a lot to like about this kid. So he's playing as a key forward at the moment, and he kicked three goals, which included the match winner, as I mentioned earlier. But he's just so clean at ground level. He's got mm-hmm. really good skills, and like we have the inkling, and I think crows know this too, that he's going to be their number one ruck one day. Um, once Riley O'Brien kind of moves on, um, that's still a few years away from happening, but. He's just too good of a footballer to not be playing in that midfield as much as possible. So, uh, yeah, we think Riley Thilthorpe is the one for the future as the Crows Rutman. So, it's time to invest now, get on board and see if you can stash him for uh, a few years to come. Couldn't sneak Harry Schoenberg into the... Uh, what, do you get 60 or so? 60. Yeah, what's he averaging now? It's probably 60. But yeah. did you see his last quarter? Uh, 30 points, nine touches. He was electric in that last yeah, quarter. Yeah, he needed it because he was looking like being a uh, absolute stinker of a score, that's for sure. Jeez, it was just... He was so good to watch in that last quarter. He's so clean in the wet. 
What a man. He is a bit of a – he looks like a bit of a guy who would enjoy wet weather football. Other question, what happens with David McKay? I, I have kind of cl- – I have not rewatched the incident um, because there seems to be a lot of hysteria and I just don't like to focus on that sort of stuff. But it seems like they're judging the outcome – more so, like they're going to judge it purely on the outcome. Mm-hmm. And look, Louis put in on the group chat uh, from the pod pod, put a point like, are the AFL just trying to like sh- try to show they're doing their due diligence? Because they're seeing a lot of, you know, in the US, they're seeing the NFL being sued a lot because mm-hmm. of um, all the CTE and stuff like that. And are they just trying to kind of make their case that they're ta- just trying to rule out any type of injury like this out of the game? And so they can't be you know, found liable for any future lawsuit that might happen. Um, I thought it was a really interesting take. But um, yeah, there's a good uh, piece yeah. on the mongrel punt. I okay. Um, if anyone reads Maybe that. Maybe tweet it out then. for uh, the I'll tweet it out. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, you play footy knowing that you can get hurt. Yeah, you know. You know, like, unfortunately, you don't want to get hurt, but unfortunately, sometimes it's part you of do. the game. Yeah. No, I don't know. I hope he doesn't get a weight because if that is, it's oh, just. Sounds like he's going to get three. Well, but, I think yeah. you could. There might be some. High court action if that happened. Oh, God, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I think the early word was that it might be looking like three. Yuck. North Melbourne versus GWS Giants. Uh, Cam Zerha had 88 points, and he was just awesome up forward. Kicked two goals. Um, His pressure was excellent, so he landed five tackles doing that role. Uh, Best game for a while, but they're few and far between, unfortunately, for Cam Mm. Zerha. Maybe if North Melbourne had become a more competitive side, he'd be a better fantasy option, but it's not happening for now. Um, Sean Atley had 85 points coming out of fence. 22 touches in nine marks. I think he has. he's had two down weeks like where he scored scores in the 40. Mm-hmm. But I think every other score has been above 75. There might have been like a 73 in there. But if he didn't have those two kind of 40s, he'd be probably 2G4P right now. He'd be yeah, close. which makes me sick. So. A few listeners have, uh, yeah, just been a bit we, – we, we haven't given enough credit, they think. So, um, yeah. He's just been serviceable for so many keep league teams. He will not a player – like if you keep 16 like us, he's not a player you keep – you're throwing back to the pool, mm. but he's one of those players that kind of you do pick up in the draft and he's the reason why you're competitive because you've got a guy like him sitting as your last defender option and he's yeah. doing okay. Yeah. Uh, Taran Thomas. Taran. One of the few uh, podcasts that gets that correct on a consistent basis, although I'm hearing a few others are pulling themselves up on it now as well. Uh, 75 points, putting in a consistent run, putting it together. Uh, most out forward stints uh, in the midfield as well. Um, had a few CBAs. Uh, actually, that, that, sorry, the, the balance is kind of lifting a little bit, but you kind of notice him doing his best work up forward. Um had 19 touches, four marks, kicked a couple goals. Uh, average 85 from his last three. So he is kind of taking on the trajectory that we thought he would. And it's kind of expected it was going to take a little bit longer being, you know, having missing most of the year with injury um, last year, I think it was. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I like the way he's heading at the moment. So and we kind of talked him up in the offseason as well. So it's good to see yeah. him actually giving us something now. Big time. Uh, Callum Ward had 79 points and he was just solid in the midfield. Came with 300s in a row. So he was a little bit disappointing for people thought him to expect to go a bit higher. But you still probably take 79 from a guy who's usually a streamer option. So look, Cornelio coming back in two to three weeks. We just got to watch how that affects him. But at the moment, like, you know, like I said, he's had 300s and a 79. His last month has been pretty good, Case. Very good. Yeah, <laughs> very good. All right. There's a few players I'm excited about in the West Coast uh, versus Richmond game, Case, And they're guys we talked about last week. So, mm-hmm. we'll get into them now. So, Luke Foley had 90 points, playing in defense and uh, pushing up the ground a bit. We spoke about his underage scoring last week. Looks like he's got a bit of fantasy game about him, especially going on his underage uh, history. So, mm-hmm. we're just hopefully hoping he can just hold his spot. Um, there are a few uh, injuries at West Coast at the time being, so they might you know chop and change players a bit at the moment. But it is his third year in the system, so if he's... You know, if he's, uh, he's up and about, he could actually lift his game to the next level and cement himself a spot in the next few weeks. So, if he keeps getting the opportunity, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Uh, you're a bit of a Luke Foley fan, aren't you, Case? I am. I am from the junior days, and it's just good to see you finally get a crack. And that's probably the worst thing. Like, even if you look at guys who went there in the last few years, like um, your boy Archie and like um, Ainsworth, those kind of guys who probably could- Another guy just labelled my boy. No, who could have been- uh, Who could have been- potentially solid scorers or solid players, but they just went to a team that's got such a strong midfield and never really got the opportunity to kind yeah. of get a go. So it's good to see guys like it could have been Foley and that Luke and Partington Edwards. at Glenelg yeah. as well. He was like talked up another so one. massively, never got a never got a run. Never got a crack. Obviously never got another contract anywhere else. So it must have been that good. But yeah, that you never get to see these guys have a real crack at the AFL level, that's all. Mm. But I hope it looks lucky that these guys are. And I think 
West Coast just being in the form they've been in for the last few weeks is kind of making them just do a few different things, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Luke Edwards, another young gun, had 90 points. Uh, playing more of an outside role when you compare to Foley, but still scored well. Uh, another one we talked about as being a great underage fantasy scorer in the uh, Sanford 18s. Average, I think, was 105 uh, last year. It was pretty good. It was, I think it was only 10 points behind um, uh Tom Powell. Mm. I keep Will Powell and Tom Powell mixed up even though they play the Power Boys. Yeah, it's just, yeah, which one's Will and which one's Tom. But yeah, Tom Powell last year. Um, had 27 touches in this match. Luke Edwards did. Uh, went at 77% disposal efficiency, which isn't too bad for a younger player. And if he can cement his spot, he should be a fantasy gun. I don't know. Like We talked about this before. Like West Coast outside stocks seem solid on paper, but they're not really performing that well at the moment. So Luke Edwards um, could be a good option there. They've got a lot of quality and that's it's kind of hard to see – where these guys sit long-term, like Shuey is 31, injury-prone, like Kelly, 26, Gaff, 28, Sheed, 26, mm. Yo, 27, and um, Red and 30. So, like, there's still there's still a fair core in their prime. Yeah. Like, you know, Shuey's obviously the one who's got a big question mark because of his hammies and they're just not holding up. Like, yeah. does that just – do they just go, all right, well, he's out. We, we, we'll probably be out. Do we need to give these guys a go? But then, like, they're trying Duggan in there. He's doing pretty well. They've recruited Witherden. Like, their stocks are pretty good. So, yeah. I just – I like both of them, but I just worry that, like, they could play a couple more weeks and then you yeah, don't see won't be again. seen again. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm worried about too. Hopefully, uh, we're proven wrong though. Mm. Uh, Nathan Broad had 93 points moving to Richmond now. Um, was good coming out of defence, 20 disposals, <laughs> eight marks and two tackles. Has had two scores above 90 and one tonne this season, but they're few and far between. But more of a tip of the cap this one for Nathan Broad. Not really recommending picking tip him up. the cap. Uh, Nick Vlosten had 90 points and he hasn't had to uh, lock down as much the last few weeks. So he's having a good run and just getting involved in general play around the ground. Uh, 18 kicks, five handballs, nine marks, averaging 84.3 from his last three. So... At the moment, he's a really good loophole option. Always has been, really. Like, he's never been one that you really want to start, but you pick mm-hmm. him up in drafts as a later option, and he, uh, he goes okay. Let's move on to the Melbourne versus Collingwood game case. Uh, watch this at the pub today. So, my notes are a little bit brief, Hef, but That's okay. you watched it too. So, yep. let's just start off with the cream, and that is Luke Jackson. Yep. 95 points from him. How bloody good is he is the big question. Uh, he could be anything. Sorry, I was saying on the Wavewire podcast, I don't really get to do a lot of Melbourne games. You seem to be on them just the way it coincidentally works out. But finally getting to watch him and watching Melbourne closely, mm-hmm. I can I can see why you rave about him all the time, Case. Yeah. He's actually got a fair bit of flair there. Uh, I can't remember who I was listening to on the radio. It was like they were talking about like guys like Jackson, Cox, King, um, like Phil Thorpe as well, like how good these big guys are below their feet and yeah. like agility-wise. And, uh, yeah, like I think Luke Jackson's going to be an absolute gem. Kick two goals, 21 touches, seven marks, um, six hitouts backing up Maxi Gorn. Uh, he could be something very, very special. Um, George, uh, James Jordan continues his really solid form this year. 78 points from him, uh, 23 touches, a few tackles. Um, just love that he's stayed in that side. Like, And I think that shows that the guys who backed him in early on the year, we were, we were a bit like, uh, will he hold his spot? Will he kind of, you know, be replaced by, I don't know, Nathan Jones or someone like that? He's just held firm and continued to be a very, very good scorer. And I Is Vani back in the side it. yet? Uh, no, he's yeah, still not in the side. Yet. So that's that's probably the big one. Yeah, but um, you know, there's probably a few other guys you can make a case for who would go out before him, maybe because he's been pretty pretty good. Yeah, they're playing. Oh, I've forgotten his name now, but you've got him as a, a rookie, and they're playing him in the midfield at the moment. Uh, no, name is escaping me at the moment. But I'll- Tom Sparrow. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Um, who had an intro. Oh, let's talk about Tom Sparrow. Okay. Tom Sparrow had 32 points today. Now I'm following him because uh, he's a member of my. Um, my podcasters league team. Yep. Very Tom interesting Sparrow, stat here. So I have a, yeah, it's very, very good. Tom Sparrow, first quarter, zero, no score. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Tom. At quarter time, got up to 33 points. Okay. Then he added an extra two points in the third quarter. Yep. In the last quarter, came home with a two disposal, negative three quarter. Okay. Finished on 32 points. Yeah, wow. So he's probably someone who does make way before James Jordan, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so he's making way. But uh, <laughs> look, on his second quarter stuff, he's very, very good. But I actually quite like Tom Sparrow. Oh, sorry. Well, um, can you just play one quarter, can we? And just count the scores from that? Well, look, 
Harry Schoenberg would be 120 <laughs> averaging player if he could play the last quarter each week. Imagine if that was a fantasy game where you just picked everyone's best quarter. That's that all you needed. Yeah, so that'd be sick. Yeah. There'd be some good power scorers like Whitfield and Chris would be like your premiums. Chris Main's another one who's always yeah. on like six and then is on like 48 <laughs> at halftime. Yeah. Um, but I actually do like Tom Sparrow. I reckon he's uh, got a good future. Obviously, he's going to run into that same issue where there's a lot of strong mids in that, in what that about, Melbourne side. Um, what about Trent Rivers? Very good. I liked him a lot down back. Clean, 75 points from him. Um, Yes, he's been a bit slow, but 18 touches, 14 of those kicks, eight marks. That's the perfect halfback flanker kind of game. I reckon he's good. 37% owned as well. So if you're down and out, you've been playing through buys and it's completely ruined your season, no surprises. uh, Have a look at him. 37% owned. Third year next year, we know that's breakout time. Yeah. Go, baby, baby. Just does a few nice things, like not scoring massively. Like 75 mm. is good for a, for a player his age. It's probably his best score for the year. Yeah. yeah. But like just you can just tell by the way he kind of will, you know, break a line and then deliver the footy. If he can just do that a bit more consistently, he's going to, you know, be a decent player and the fantasy scoring will come for sure. <laughs> Will Hoskinello, your boy, he's not my boy at all. Another you one who love is not talking my about Will Hoskinello. No, I don't. I just had him as like what a streamer last week. Who was pretty good. One more than me. One hundred and three. Uh, kicked the goal. Twenty one touches. Thirteen marks is the big one. Got a lot of cheap ball on the outside with a few of those. Like Braden Marnan was another one. Had thirteen uh, marks. So just got some of the easy ball, um, which is great. He's actually putting together a pretty good year this year, Hef. Um, and for someone like him, do you reckon you can make a case to to keep him or to Get him into your side in a deeper league for sure. Uh, not in our league, and our league he's like where we keep sixteen. He's borderline. Mm-hmm. Like, it depends how we go for the rest of the season. So, like, say if he averages from here, from mm-hmm. hundred from here on in, yeah. maybe. But there's still no guarantees under a new coach next year. What role he's going to play? Who they're going to be blooding? Well, that's the question yeah. I was going to ask. Like, now that Bucks is out, do you worry about some people or you know someone like for me? I've got Chris Main, and I'd love and Chris Main's been absolutely picking it up fantasy wise. Yeah, do. Does Robert Harvey come in and go? Well, I'm just gonna here. I'm here to play kids for the next ten weeks. See you, Chris, or you know, like uh, Will Hoskin Elliott. You know, you're okay, but there could be better. Like are these guys going to be those those you know those borderline players are these the ones that are going to cop it? Like it's definitely cause for concern, but it depends what type of caretaker coach Harvey wants to be. Does he want that top job? Does he want to win every game from here on in for the rest of the season to prove he's the man for the job, mm. or is he going to be a genuine caretaker? Does he have, like, and so does he have aspirations to lead? And if he's going to be, or if he doesn't, if he doesn't, he might just be a genuine caretaker and start blooding a few kids in those positions. So I don't know. I don't know enough about mm. the job, the tenure, who wants what, who's out there. Mm. My gut feel is he won't get the job next year. But mm. so he probably should, he probably will start blooding the kids. Mm. But you never know. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's interesting. Uh, Darcy Cameron, he had 94 points, kicked four goals. I quite like him as a ruck forward option. Obviously, um, you know, no Grundy, but uh, we have seen. Max Lynch doing most of the rucking. But look, Darcy Cameron's more than handy enough and obviously he's getting the nod over Mason Cox, which is good at the time. You know, five tackles, five hitouts, etc. Pretty good. And uh, just a tip of the cap, the Barossa's own, Jack Madsen, probably his best ever score. I reckon I've seen him notch up 82 points. I think he had a bigger one earlier in the year where he was playing on a wing, but this would be close to the But piece. yeah, 19, 19 touches, kicked the behind coming from the back line, nine yeah. marks. So I've seen him kick a goal this year. Well done, Jack. <laughs> Pretty sure he's kicked the goal. Yeah, in that same game. So, uh, yeah. Now, Bross is only where Kays and I grew up. Uh, fine part of the world. And I was there on uh, Sunday morning, actually. It's nice. And his sister's uh, going to the Olympics too, which is pretty cool. Talented family. Mm, very talented. All right, that ends the round rewind. So uh, we'll quickly talk about our membership program we got going on. So just if you enjoy the uh, the podcast we bring you each week, uh, please consider uh, becoming a member so we can continue it uh, going at the same level um, in the future. So if you, if you do sign up uh, to our membership program, uh, you will receive all of our bonus resources, including our projections, state league fantasy scores, the breakout tracker, which everyone loves getting on and checking out their players against the best in the competition. And uh, yeah, just plenty of good resources that are not only for keeper leagues but for your draft leagues and your AFL classic leagues as well so head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click the uh, link in the description below and sign up today each week we read out some gold members so Kays take it away and tell us who has been a loyal supporter of this podcast this season absolute honour Ben Aldridge Daniel Smith James Wishart Michael Priest Jason McMahon and I have to add in the real DOS uh 
don't even know what his name is. Aiden McCrosty. Aiden McCrosty. Yeah. He's, he he demanded where he gets read out this week. All right, I'll let him off the list. He's still he was coming up. It's just that I think we're still in preseason. Like we still haven't even got through everyone. But the thing is, once we hit the season, it drops off pretty quickly. That's so all. much so much love for all these guys. But uh, yeah, big respect to the real Doss. Okay. So, g'day, g'day, Doss. G'day, Aiden <laughs> McCrosty. Anyway, uh, let's get stuck into the next segment. Moving on to the projections now, but before we do that, uh, Kays will read through the State League numbers from his article this week. Uh, check that out at keeperleaguepod.com.au and find out who the best State League fantasy scorers were. That could be a chance of coming into the seniors next week, but who were they, Kays? Yeah, he scored well, well. Obviously a big chance that uh, Jake Riccardi comes back into the AFL side. Kicked a lazy eight goals, four for 170. Uh, fantasy points so huge game from him he's been playing forward and back so I think they just need to figure out where they want to put him and now, he could uh, be deployed can we just point out that he ha- also had 180 I think it was yeah. earlier in the year playing center half back yeah but then mm-hmm. came back into the AFL side and went nowhere near that so yeah. don't get too excited people <laughs> no uh, Braden Fiorini 151 points the VFL pig no surprises there uh, would you have a lazy f- 45 disposals, which is nuts. Um, Jackson Haightley continues to find the footy for the Crow sample side. 136 points from him. Kieran Strawn, back up ruck, 37 hitouts and 128 points. Half your boy, Kieran Briggs, 28 Not my boy. hitouts. You owned him at one stage. <laughs> yeah, And true. 126 points. Uh, Dylan Stevens, is he your boy? Uh, yeah, he is. Actually. Okay, cool. Your yeah. boy, Dylan Stevens, in the um, lower leagues. All classic. my players playing the Magoos. Uh, 118 from Dylan Stevens, had uh, 32 touches, which is pretty handy. Ryan Clark, 115 from him. Callum Sinclair, 36 hitouts and 110 points uh, for the Swannies. Luke Valente, which is exciting. Probably this his is most exciting, star, yeah. his highest score I've ever seen. 109 points from 26 touches in the waffle. Could be around the mark. And Darcy McPherson kicked three goals, 26 touches for 109 points as well. All right. Uh, now we'll get into the projections. So we pick a captain, a loophole, a waiver, and a streamer option each week. Uh, the captain can't be a player that's in the top 10, so top 10 averages. So, Case, who is your captain for the week? Uh, firstly, I nailed my captain last week by picking Josh Kelly. Yeah, that was 150. huge. Yep. Uh, this week, I'm going to go back to the, um, the Giants. I'm going to back in Toby Green. He absolutely loves playing against Colton, has notched up three tons in his last four games against him uh, and averages 22 touches against them across his career. Look, he kicked one goal four for, and had 89 points on the weekend from his first game back from a spell. I just can't see any of the Carlton defenders really going with him and, and locking him down well enough. So I reckon he's going to get off the chain and uh, kick a bag. Yeah, that's a good option. Um, my captain option, I wanted to go real left field. I wanted to be a bit smart last week and go, you know, not pick someone who's super obvious. Yeah, someone you that you Nick Natanui. What did he score? 104, I think it was. Nice. So I was pretty happy with that one. Very good. Um, but yeah, so that was an option last week. I'm going to go a little, not as left field this week, but someone who's probably not the first guy you think of, but. Toby Green's a good left field option as well, I think. It's not an obvious one. But anyway, uh, Travis Boak is mine for this week. So he averages 100 against the Gold Coast and had 105 against them last time. He's averaging 95 from his last five. He's not scoring as well as he was last season. But look, I think he's still a good option on the Gold Coast this weekend. So Travis Boak is my option. Handy. Uh, what do we got next? We've got... The loophole. Who did you have last week? The loophole option. I was just looking. I had Trent McKenzie last week. He got a nice 74. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'll take that. A uh, little bit more left field. I'm going to go Sam Flanders. So, he's averaging 60 this year, uh, but has put a couple good games together. He's at a 73 and an 84 in his repertoire. Um, scored 58 on the weekend against Frio, kicking one goal too. What I liked is he spent a few times in the CBAs and was around the, the midfield mix. So, obviously, you know, another loss for the Suns. They're going to have to start trying a few things. Hopefully he, um, you know, kind of keeps him in the in the midfield rotations, and I reckon as a forward this week, thirty three percent own, you can bring him in an uh, earlyish game against Port, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yes. Um, yes. So he could actually find some footy. Now, my loophole option, now let's preface this, my loophole option was uh, a risk, like a bit of a, sorry, a bit of a danger sign, so loophole and wait and see. Mm-hmm. So, I went with Zach Tui and I said for reasons of that uh, Port and uh, Geelong don't give up a lot of fantasy points, so it's going to be a pretty low fantasy scoring game, which it was. So, I said- So, Lu- you got one thing right. I said, don't put Zach Tui on the field 
straight away, loophole him, mm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. If he goes low, then you not won't cost you. Mm-hmm. And so I'd say Correct. that's a, that's a win. So well done. Yeah. So Zach Tui, uh, Zach Tui was mine last week. Nah, like loophole is easy because you can either go if see the score big or score low, and you can still claim a win because you're like, well, you didn't have to take that low score. You take Trent McKenzie's seventy four, wouldn't you? In defence, oh, my team, fuck yeah. That's, 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 a, that's an adjusted ton. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Harry Schoenberg ton. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, so mine this week is uh, same option, same reason. I'm worried about this guy. So I'd be usually as a walk-up starter last year was. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about him and that's Darcy Byrne-Jones. So it just seems to be a bit of a shadow of his former self this year. It's not so much fantasy scoring, but just actual football as well. Um he only averages 60 against Gold Coast and only averages 62 at Metricon. But he did have 108 the last time we played them, though. So there is some hope there. I'm just not confident starting him after last week. He had a pretty low score last week against Geelong. So, um, yeah, not super, super sold on him at the moment. So I think if you loophole him and uh, leave him... He had 62 last week. So, anyway, if you loophole him and if he goes low, it's not going to hurt your team. So, yeah, Darcy Byrne-Jones is a loophole option. Although we're saying this during buy rounds where you just take anything you can get, really. Correct. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I'm going to go super left field with my streamer for the week. I'm going to put Connor Idun in there. He's uh, 20% owned. And uh, over the last few weeks since Sam Taylor's uh, gone down with injury, he's jumped into a bit more fantasy relevance. Uh, had 70 on the weekend. He's got his average up to 60 for the year. Basically, Colton crap, and he's going to get a heap of intercept and cheap disposals. Uh, looking at this fantastic resource on our website, Hef, uh, Colton, Wait, which resource defenders uh, give up 66 points per game. Oh, the scores four mm-hmm. and against. So, which is the top, one of the top six or seven in uh, points for defenders. So, Oh, you really nailed that one, the way you explained it. I know, that. it's very hard to explain. <laughs> it's in my brain. But uh, yeah. look, Conor Adan is not going to cost you a thing and uh, could just kind of jump in there and give you 70 in, in a bye week, which could be handy. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, That's fair that enough. Pick. That was super left field. It's hard when you've only got you like- You just missed f- another joke. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Oh, good. I did. <laughs> okay, you didn't laugh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, it's hard when there's only five games. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, uh, my streamer, I'm gonna I'm gonna back John Segler to go big again. Uh, 111 points last week. Comes up against Essendon, mm-hmm. who don't have a really strong ruck department at the moment. Um, averages 82 against them as well. So that's one of the best teams he comes up against as well. So I think he just continues for another week. I'm gonna back him in. Oh, sorry, my um, player last week was Lloyd Meek, who didn't actually get selected. So, Connor Dunn. <laughs> Good start. Connor Dunn can go better than that this week just by playing. Mine so. was Daniel Howe, who got an 84. Yeah, you nice. take that. So, See? that's three from three. Boom. That's that's all on the back of the projections. So. I don't know if I'd call Zach Tui a win. I, I specified that. Yes, I know, but surely you want Because he's a guy to- who averaged 84. And I, I said, don't put him on your field this week. Just loophole him. Okay, That's yeah. a win. Okay, Loopholes can go either way. That's somehow why you loophole. Because if you're not sure and they play early, <laughs> you, true. Can, you can have yeah, a cider. No. Okay, I'll pay that. That's three from three. Uh, That's why you get on the projections. Because these are all taken from so the projections. two from two then? Uh, yeah, well, nah. You're zero. But two, two out of three because Meg didn't play. Well, it's not my fault. So, so he didn't cost yes, you. You chose him. You didn't, didn't have to choose him. You didn't have to choose him. Well, we do it on Monday night. <laughs> if I could do it on Thursday night, I wouldn't have selected Lloyd Meek. <laughs> Big Shawnee Dars uh, wasn't supposed to come up from that hamstring, but uh, anyway. he came up and scored 120 or something. Like he that. went huge. Big dog. He's 2G4P. Um, wave of the week. I'm kind of a bit uh, once bitten, twice shy in terms of who I'm going to select. So I'm going to say keep in your vision. Someone from the Gold Coast who played in their VFL side on the weekend. They had a nice uh, kick after the siren win and some of their players scored very well. So, like Ben Ainsworth and um, Darcy McPherson, they're only 47% owned. Braden Fiorini. Braden Fiorini is only 28% owned. (laughs) That's way too high. (laughs) And uh, the other one is Jeremy Sharp, who's 7% owned. So, all those guys were in and around their best players on the weekend. You could throw Will Brody into that mix. Um, Rory Atkins, I suppose, if you wanted to. But I reckon... There'll be a few um, players dropped after their their loss to Fremantle on the weekend, and I think that one of those previously proven kind of scorers is is worth a look this week. Okay, um, uh, we'll wait and see what happens. I can't see Fiorini getting a game, but anyway, Fiorini gets a game. He's not going to score well anyway, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, probably get stuck up forward or something. Yeah, forward, forward pocket or back pocket or something like that. Yeah. My way over this week is Luke Edwards. So, we talked about him earlier, but he's just an underage fantasy gun. But um, if you if you, have, if you want not across the underage fantasy scoring, you look at purely on draft position, which is some leagues just do that. They don't actually get right into it. Mm. He was picked really, really late in the draft. So, he might not have been selected in your league. So, um, he scored 90 points in the weekend. Looked really good and outside type against Richmond. Um, grab him a stash now for the future. Not guaranteed he gets a game for the rest of the year, but I think... 
come uh, you know two three down the three years down the track, he's going to be a good outside player and a good fantasy scorer. Mm. Anyway, that's the end of the projections. So if you want more uh, waiver wire picks or state league fantasy scores or projections to help you out and pick your team each week, uh, make sure you sign up as a member, get access to those, and start dominating your league. Uh, we got an Apple review in this week, so Heck please keep yeah. these coming in. Um, they help us climb the charts, and we uh, someone actually after we made a call out last week because this would have been our last one. Mm-hmm. But someone else has actually uh, come, added, to the rescue. Uh, come to the rescue point in. So, yeah, can you please be that person next week? Yes. Um, and yeah, so if you save Apple advice, yeah, because it'd suck if we couldn't actually read one out in this uh, segment. So, keep them coming in. And uh, if you've got an Apple advice, get on the uh, Apple Podcast app and leave a review, and that'll help us out immensely. Cheers. Uh, you can read this one, Case. Uh, thank you. It says, Go the Mighty Black Claws. Reviewing this great pod on my missus account to further get into the minds of my fellow coaches. I will continue mine beat and run all the way to taste premiership glory. All hail Chairman Churdo Mao. <laughs> uh, I tune in every episode and love and appreciate your work, boys. Here's a tidbit. The last third of your list wins you the flag. All these gems are found via the Keeper League podcast. It's fact. Eat Zambrero, drink kombucha. Uh, thank you, Cherto, for leaving your second review under your missus' account. Um, more people should do that, actually. Yeah, if, you, if your missus got an account, uh, jump on, leave another one there. That's double the reviews. Oh, I reckon it's a great idea. Is Cherto the best person in the fantasy football community? Well, he's organised our Zambrero yes. sponsorship. He's yes. given us the best Zambrero combination of um, thing. I oh, know it's a hard, it's a hard title. We've got a few out there. Uh, Adza, um, Adza 08 Elf on Twitter. He helps me immensely with my data scraping mm-hmm. and pulling. So I, I don't want to pick out any any huge like you know I don't want to play favourites with any of them. But uh, look, he, Cherto is up there in kind of the listener hall of fame. I think for sure. You're so you're so balanced, Hef. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to play favourites. So I don't want to put anyone offside, but uh, he's up there. We should have a Hall of Fame for, for the listeners, I reckon. A wall. Oh, yeah. So we yeah put their names up on my wall here. Anyway. Yeah, done. All right. Let's get into the listener questions. All right, Kays, you know it's a long weekend. I put out three uh, calls for questions today and only got three responses. So short, sharp and shiny questions tonight, but hopefully we can help out the people who did put in a question long for weekend. us this week. Yeah, yeah people long are away. Weekend. I get it. I get it. It's fine. Uh, first one comes from at Dotty31. Uh, how long can the Adelaide FC keep Haightley out of the ones for? Surely he gets a look in soon. Yeah, I agree. Um, no one's actually ever really come out and said why he's playing Nah. Like Sandville too. No, there's usually been no usually the, the question is from a reporter and they go- Crows oh, don't give any he, information away though. Oh, he needs to clean up his disposal or oh, he needs to work on his defensive efforts or that kind of stuff. But, you know, you know, we don't watch a heap of the, the Sandville stuff, but he's getting a shit ton of footy. He's laying tackles. He's getting clearances. Like all the stats are pointing to the fact that he should be actually, you know, getting games in the, the AFL, but I still can't get a crack. And then they bring in, you know, you know, youngsters each week, whether it's O'Connor or I know Warrell's a bit of a different player. But, yeah, you kind of have to think, and, you know, with, I don't know, you, they're dropping one of their other, they're dropping a Barry, they're dropping a Schoenberg, they're giving Sloan a rest. I don't know, like they're the, they're the only people who are going to come out of that side. Yeah, I think as well, considering they won at a really good win mm. on the weekend, they're probably not going to make too many changes, you wouldn't think, unless McKay, it's, it's almost like a, you almost could make a case from there, but mm. I don't know who they actually bring in. We see it each week that, you know, we think that Haley's actually going to come into the side, but he just doesn't get there. So it's a really tough hold for owners. Absolutely. Oh, like, I'm really glad I'm tough. not in that position, but yeah, I've got a lot of tough holds in my side, to be honest, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, at AJS Hawker, surely the Swans have some room in their midfield for Stevens after losing to the Marty Hawks. Yeah, you would have thought, but. I don't know. If he does come in, does he play the same role as he's playing in the twos? Does he score as well? You know, does he get that wing role um, that he did last year? Yeah, I guess he has played it when he's come in to a, to a degree. I think he played a little bit on the halfback as well. Um, but, yeah, he just doesn't seem to be in favour. He's one I hope he gets traded this year. The issue was when he was playing a few weeks ago, he was playing like half forward flank. And oh, was half looking, forward, yeah, that's right. And was kind too. of looking a bit lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew he was played out of position. Yeah. It's tough because he's obviously dominating back in the the – the VFL, but you know, sort of yeah. Ryan Clark and, and those kind of people too. So tough one. Yeah. I think he's, their midfield is so strong. They've re-signed Kennedy. Parker's still there. Row Bottom's playing really good footy. Like they're rolling through Warner and, you know, other players through there, like, you know, um, Mills, sorry. So like, it's a tough one. 
Yeah, I don't know. I've got is one on one that I'm, is another tough hold that I've got. So, um, got a few of those that are going to be tough to make the case for next year. But hopefully, in the second half of the season, they can get a decent run. And next on Hef's tough holds. But, well, no, I don't have any of these players. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, at DanK101 asks, what are your thoughts on Briggs and Highmore as long-term stashes in a dynasty league? Uh, I haven't really watched much of Tom Highmore, so I don't want to comment on him. But, like, Kieran Briggs is an interesting one because uh, Matty Flynn's obviously playing pretty good footy. Uh, they've still got Proust to come back. You know, what's Briggs to them? Is he a centre-half back? Is yeah. he a, a ruckman? Like, you know, when he's playing uh, VFL, he's a ruckman and, and killing it. Yeah. But- they don't need him to play that role, you know, well, definitely not this year and yeah. maybe not next year. You know, even if Mumford retires, he probably got Flynn or or um, what's his name? Uh, who are you, Bruckman? I Bruce. just said it, Bruce, yeah. um, vying for that number one role. Like, where does Briggs fit into the, the equation? Yeah, I think the only way he actually gets a regular starting position in GWS' side is either as a key forward or a key back and depends who goes down and who remains over the next few years. I don't see him playing as a Ruttman. If he's playing as a key position player, then he's not going to be scoring well. So, no. I don't think he's a great stash. Highmore, um, depends what you're you know, giving up to hold on to him. Like, who else you're putting back? Like, I don't, He's a better fantasy option. He looks like he could be a fantasy player. But... Yeah, like we've we've struggled to see him keep hold down a spot so far in a struggling side. So I'm not filled with confidence with him either. The thing is with Briggs going by team is like he could be one that might be worth holding in the hope that he might get traded. Yeah, perhaps. But I don't know. I don't know like he's been like he's hasn't been rocking that well in the, at the state league level. So they have been playing him as a key position player as well. So I don't know if he was a good ruckman. You think they'd play him there? That's but all. Why did you draft him a few years ago in our home? Well, because he was a good junior ruck. Correct. So but like he just hasn't done it at senior level. So that's um, it. Yeah. And it's been like three, four years now. Three years. Three now. years. He's third year yeah. this year. So for ruck, for ruck status, it's still young. Yeah. Well, he doesn't even have ruck status. So we'll have to wait and see if he does get it back. But mm. yeah. Anyways, uh, that's a Zambrero wrap. So make sure you get around us on our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, make sure you, oh, that's at Keeper League Pod on all those. Again, the Instagram's going off. You're missing out if you're not there. I've started putting all the uh, the nice graphics on Instagram, mm-hmm. not on Twitter. So if you want to so get into those, uh, head to there. Plus, there's a few other story things and stuff going on. Um, yeah, make sure you drink Remedy, eat Zambrero, look after the sponsors. If you look after the sponsors, you look after us. And make sure you listen to the Pod Pod if you're into your AFL Fantasy Classic. Uh, yeah, a great listen. And uh, it's actually becoming a pretty, pretty big deal in the Fantasy Classic landscape. Is it really? It's getting a lot of listeners, that's for sure. It's uh, showing us up, that's for sure. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. But we're the original and the best. I know, but I think we're, we, we're uh, working to a smaller market, that's all. So. A more, you, a more elite listenership. Oh, that too, absolutely. Mm. But I think when you compare us to the uh, to the market, we're uh, so we've got where a they, So if we're talking markets, where do pod pods sit? Like bigger than the traders? Nah, not that big. They're getting over a million listeners listens a year, but uh, they're up there. I don't know. Like I don't know what everyone's numbers are, but I noticed they're uh, yeah, their numbers are looking good. And um, yeah, that when you search for them on the Apple Podcast, I think they're the number two option. So yeah, wow, you look a bit jealous, case. Not really. <laughs> I, I hate I hate classic. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. There was the classics always going to be the. Uh, I'd rather speak to the real, the real. Yeah, we all know that people who fantasy the die-hards. people who are, who know their fantasy they play draft and keep leagues. That's Correct. for sure. So yeah. Anyways, uh, let's wrap it up and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week for the last week of the buys. See you guys.